These are stories about murder. (gasps) Could there be a hidden clue? Things that are exceptionally alarming. Like what? Just alarming things. Because he's at the bottom of the ocean, every little sound is intensely magnified. He hears animals eating his friends and crewmates. Oh my God. Instead of scattering ashes, he had simply dumped them in the parking lot. (laughs) In Germany, before a royal court. Thought she was Polish. No, the magician is Polish. This is three shots in. And today we're talking about... Hey everyone, welcome to Three Shots In. I'm Jake. I'm Jess, and this is episode 12. That's right, we'll be talking all about fresh. Fresh, so fresh and so clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fresh like meat. Fresh meat, fresh vegetables. Like you're brand new to a prison, maybe? Oh, you fresh, fresh, oh, you meat. fresh meat? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Or in the high school way where you're the new kid you're, on the you're block. Freshman. Freshman, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all sorts of things to talk about with fresh. Mm-hmm. And we will be talking about two very uh, different things today. Yeah. You went the actual fresh food route, or at least a place that sells it. Yeah, I went with fresh fruit and and vegetables oh, and salsas and breads. You're being sarcastic. No, no. I, I went with the like a fresh, you know, shop. Like a like I went with a fresh farmer's market. But there's more to it. No, not necessarily. Something darker. I don't know. Jessica. Something I don't do dark things. Evil. Whatever. You're talking about fucking pedo. I am. Yes. <laughs> Pedophilia. Gross. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Jared. Vogel. Is that his name? Vogel. Vogel. Yeah. The subway guy. The big old pedo. Yeah. Big old dirty pedo. Gross. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about all the things he did that wasn't necessarily televised, um, but it is all available on the internet to look at now. Of course. Of course. Um also on the internet and having access to all sorts of things, including the greatest content known to man are in fact our patrons. Oh yeah, here you go. Thank you. Yeah, so our patrons are just beautiful, wonderful people and they are. They're very handsome people. Mom, Dad, Terry and Danny, Sweet Sam, TJ, David, Jeremy, Ricky, Flash, Thomas, Abria and Alan. Thank you guys, we love you. You make our hearts warm and our wallets full yes. than they were before. And I would say all sorts of other things, but the first two names were mom and dad, and so I won't be saying them. Everyone besides mom and dad. Makes me throb. Oh, oh with my. With their, their generosity. Oh, they make your heart throb, you mean? Oh. With, with like love and warm platonic feelings? That makes a lot more sense. Yes, of course. That's what I meant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm. Uh shots we took shots today of empress 1908 gin that's right indigo gin indigo very important yes it's blue but not for um artificial reasons no no allegedly it's in fact it says that it's colored with butterfly pea flower also known as butterfly pea blossom oh wow Yes. sounds very fancy and it you know what it tastes pretty fancy too. it tastes pretty fancy that's pretty good gin i like it a lot Pretty good. Terry's not really a gin guy, but this one. I would put it. I'd put it in my like top five gins mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, drinks. You guessed it. More gin. Yep. That's Just right. like last time, we are drinking our gin and tonics. A little little sploosh of lime in it. Yeah, just a jizz of lime. 
A little it, spooge. You know, it's a real measurement, a jizz. A jizz of something? Mm-hmm. What is it equivalent to? I don't know, but I heard it in like a, a recipe like thing. Yeah. Like video, like there was, they were like literally like reading a recipe book and said a jizz of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, oh, it's just like, like a teaspoon. <laughs> just like a little <laughs> teaspoon of mayonnaise. Um, I don't know, but yeah, that's a real thing. A jizz. Nice. Or at least it was real in that one video, which is real to me. So was it like a video on a porn website? No, no, it wasn't. It was like straight up. Danny looked up a recipe to make, found the recipe and they had a video on how to make it and she clicked it. And the video was 99.999% just a recipe, except for that one little spot where they say a jizz of mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) So that's legit. All righty. Legit in my book. Uh, updates, you got any? You got any uh, exciting updates? Or mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be an update. Like, this is just your moment. This is, you have the floor. There's no one telling you what you can and can't say. Yeah, no, no, not really. Not for me. No? No, same old, same old. Okay. Over here on this end of the table. Yeah. Um. I mean, same here, you know? Been watching a lot of Instagram reels lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my, uh, my algorithm used to be totally dope and awesome. And now it's full of cats. And now fucking Danny won't stop sending me fucking cat reels. <laughs> and because of that, uh, like half of my fucking algorithm is fucking cats. You married a cat mom. I don't want to see all these cats. Now you're a cat daddy. Uh, okay. First of all, only one person calls me daddy and that's my wife. That's gross. Okay. I didn't need to know that. Anyway, your fur babies. Gross. That's what she refers to. And that's why you have all these videos. I have videos of actual babies. You have videos of cats. Lame, lame. I'll know I've really become lame when I go on Instagram Reels and it's like non-ironic Neil deGrasse Tyson videos. Ugh, gross. That's that's when I've truly become a lame person, you know? Dad sent me one today of Neil deGrasse Tyson. But was it ironic? Yeah. See, that's fun. He was doing that test where he like put a bowling ball on the end of a chain and did that like uh, inertia experiment. Okay where he let it go right beside his face and then didn't flinch because he knew it wasn't going to go any further than where he let it go. Yeah. And he was like, see that? See that I didn't flinch? That's because... And he starts going in all the science stuff and then it swings back and it smashes his face because someone edited the video so that it did. Nice. It's funny. Nice. I don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't think a lot of people do. He bothers me. It doesn't bother know? me. I just don't really like him. I just don't like him. I don't have a problem with him. He annoys me. Oh. Is it just because he's... He's a smarty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's just because he's a smarty. He, I just don't a, like him. Just a smarty. smarty I just don't like pants. him. You, you, know, you know, Neil, if you're listening, he's let not. us <laughs> let us know. Okay. No, he might listen to our podcast. Yeah, you never he's know. not. You never know. He might need a break from all of his, you know, apparent intellect, and <laughs> and he might need to listen to our show, and that's fine. Yeah, I highly doubt it. Neil, don't let Jess talk shit. Okay. <laughs> you let us know that you're listening. We'll bring you on the show. Bring you on for an episode. We'll talk about space or something. For sure. Or yeah. Math. I guess. Yeah, totally. For sure. It'd be a blast. Fucking Pythagorean theorem and shit. Mm-hmm. That too. Geometry. All right. Shapes. I don't, I, was, I don't know that many math words. I know what a dodecahedron is. Do you know what that is? Uh, Yeah, it's a thing that if you know what it is, you're lame as shit. Uh, no, it's a 20-sided shape. Lame. Three-dimensional shape. That's what a, a 20-sided die is. Lame. A I don't care. A dodecahedron. I don't care. And neither does Neil, probably. He probably thinks you're lame as shit for knowing that. And he's lame as shit. Jessica, I, what, does that, what does that tell you? I would be willing to bet that if he met the both of us, he would think that you and I were both equally lame. Well, joke's on him because we invited him on the show just to make fun of him. So 
I wasn't going to make fun of him. Of course you were, Jessica. No, I wasn't. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't anyway, make fun of anyone who look, ends up on my podcast. Look. That's your thing that you do. I do. I do do that. Neil deGrasse Tyson also um, doesn't make fun of anybody. And I know because I saw him not take the opportunity to be mean. To Katy Perry? To Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that was really awkward to watch, but I couldn't stop watching also. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, Katy Perry's really dumb. I honestly think she got nervous and like got high before that. Do you think she's, do you think Katy Perry is like really dumb or do you think she pretends to be really dumb to like, I don't know. I don't know. Gain fame in some way. I think she's mostly herself. So really dumb. No, I think she just gets high a lot and like probably doesn't really think about when she does it anymore. And so she ends up in situations where she sounds way dumber than she is. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Me and me and Katie really don't go that far back. You don't? No. I mean, yeah, me neither. Um, but you never know. Maybe one day I'll uh, be friends with Katie. Perry. I'll reach back out to her. She's been trying to contact me and I just. Really? Yeah. I just kind of ghosted her, you know? Sure. Sure. She told me, she's like, Jake, I love you on the podcast. That stupid horse of a sister of yours is so lame. And I was like, oh my God, Katie. Yeah, totally. You get it. Yeah, that you get it, like Katie. Um, and, you know, it was more of like, oh, like, let's hang out. I really want to hang out with you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, please mm-hmm. don't though. You know? I don't know a lot about her. It just doesn't sound like her though. It, it did. It was her. It was her. Um, and Katie would want us to spin the wheel. So that's what we're going to do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you, you do it. No. I would rather you did it. I'm offering you the wheel. I don't want it. I'm offering you. Take it. Fine. All right. You can only wash one article of clothing for the rest of your days. Which do you choose? So does that mean like you got to wear the same clothes you're wearing right now forever? No, you can. I mean, I don't know. I just assumed you can buy new ones, but you can only keep one kind. Like you can only keep like, let's just say T-shirts washed. Can't wash anything else. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That'd be it for me. I would just wash T-shirts. I mean, I think that's a safe bet because I can just not wear underwear. Well, but if you don't wear underwear, then all your ball sweat is going to go into your pants. Pants are expensive if they're the, for the nice ones anyway. Why do you assume that I have a lot of ball sweat, Jess? Because you're related to me. If I had balls, Ew. they'd be pretty sweaty balls. Stop it. I'm just saying. I don't want to hear about your metaphorical balls. It's real humid down there. That's gross. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I would go with that. I would go with t-shirts and I would just never wear shoes again. As much as it would hurt me, I would just only wear flip-flops. Yeah, I would just be in a situation where I perpetually buy new underpants. Yeah. Like I would just get like the quality stuff. You know, like the not flattering kind, but the kind that's made of like cotton so that it's not like a huge waste or like pollution to society or whatever, because cotton will like, I don't know, degrade, biodegrade or whatever, because it's organic. Just wear a whole bunch of new panties all the time. But my shirts, I like my shirts and I sweat like a fucking pig. So I don't want to be walking around with oniony smelling shirts. It'd be a fucking crusty fucking shirt. That's what I'm saying. It's the same for me. I sweat a lot from my pits. Yeah, I, I knew that though. I knew that. That's... Something I figured already. No, you didn't know that. This I did, is, actually. This is brand new information for you, so act like it. It's not, though. I knew that already. Jessica's lying. She's a liar, and she's a horse. <laughs> and worse, a lying she's horse. a lying horse. Yeah. Yeah. Real clever. Didn't see that coming. Thank you. Even though I predicted it. Okay, motherfucker. It's because you can literally hear what I'm saying before my brain hears what I'm saying. It's kind of cheap. <laughs> it's a cheap move, okay? Well, anyway, I will be talking about... A fresh farmer's market. You say that, but I have a feeling that's not 
what it's all about. I feel like it's about more than just a market with I, fresh I things in it. don't know where you're quite getting that from. Is it possible that it's a market that has things in it that aren't that fresh? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's possible, Jess, but that's not it at all, okay? Okay, well, let's, let's continue. So Harry Edward Greenwell was a family man, okay? He was a farmer, a do-gooder. Farmer Greenwell? Yeah, Farmer Greenwell. That's really funny. He was known as a generous soul, and according to his 2013 obituary, he died in Iowa after a battle with cancer. Oh. It was lung cancer. Ouch. Um, it's was dis, uh, his obituary described him as having many friends who loved his straight up attitude and his willingness to help anyone. Uh, he was born in in Louisville, one of more Is that than Kentucky. I think so. One of more than half a half dozen siblings. Okay, he had like seven, eight siblings several of whom have also passed away, unfortunately. And Greenwell worked for the Canadian Pacific Railroad, mm. which was, uh, you know, quote, providing public safety for right. 30 years, okay? Mm -hmm. Before he retired in 2010. He enjoyed organic gardening, selling his organic produce at the local farmer's market, traveling, reading, wordsmithing. Wordsmithing? Wordsmithing. He, he loved college sports. And he loved watching horse races. Cool. Okay. Just, yeah. a, just an all-time good fun, guy. Fun-loving guy. Yeah. Intelligent guy. Yeah. Um, when he died, he was married to Julie Jenkins, who had three Sounds children. Sounds like a fake name. Okay. And Greenwell had a son of his own and a daughter, right? Um, in addition to his siblings, nieces, nephew, great-nephews, and his great-niece, she loved. Okay. Um, it's, Does he turn out to be like an absolute creep? You're leading up to there's that. A, there's a quote. His spirit will live on in many by good deeds he offered. Everyone loved this man. But he was like he a... He was an amazing organic farmer who sold his produce for the, on, the, on the low. But he was a serial killer? At the local farmer's market. And everyone loved him and respected him. Until he murdered them all. And this was years before he was named a serial killer. There we go. Yeah, you did guess it. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> so this clearly sent like shockwaves in his little community, right? Which like known, knew him as like- A pillar of the community? Literally like the nicest man they've ever met. Salt of the earth. Farmer's market man. The whole nine. Ah, uh, the sociopath. Um, so apparently across uh, this, or sorry, this sent shockwaves, like I said, through many communities across the entire, like across a bunch of whole bunch of fucking states. In April of 2022, when police released the name of a suspect in the rapes and murders of at least three women in the 80s. Oof. The late 80s. Um, they had DNA evidence that I guess it took until 2022 to really narrow it down. And they identified Henry Edward Greenwell as the I-65 killer. Uh-oh. Also known as the Days Inn killer. Because that's where he killed them? Was at the Days Inn? He killed them. Killed people. Women, him. women. He killed. He killed women. Um. Anyway, so he had killed three young female motel clerks more than thirty years before his death. The clerks. Clerks. Well, sorry, not thirty years before his death. Thirty. Well, I guess it was thirty years before his death. I don't know. Late eighties. I don't really do math. Okay. Anyway, so Harry Edward Greenwell, okay, born in December of nineteen forty-four in Louisiana, Kentucky. Um. As we had mentioned before, he had many, many siblings, like mm -hmm. at least at least seven, could be more. Right. Um, on January, or sorry, in January of 1963, so he'd be about 19 years old. Okay. Uh, he was arrested 
for an armed robbery in Louisville. Whoa. Yeah. And he was sentenced a few months later to two years in the reformatory. I think that just means jail or prison, but I don't know. Uh, And then he was also given five years probation afterwards. In February of 1965, he would still be on probation. Uh, He was arrested in Jefferson County, Kentucky on a sodomy charge. Oof. Now, I'm not sure what exactly that means. It means he forced his way into a butthole. It doesn't have to be a male. It could be a female, but. But is, is, it didn't say like assault, sexual assault via sodomy or anything like that. It just said sodomy charge. So like so he I put it in a girl's butt and she was like not, not chill with that. So I understand what you mean. I think that classifies to you and me as rape legally. I think it, at least in his state, it might classify as sodomy. Oh, if it was I consensual, I don't think they would call it anything. It would just no, be no, sex. No, you're right because the definition of rape involves a vagina. It's intercourse. Yeah, it is. It involves a vagina. So sodomy would basically he he put it in a girl's butt and she wasn't down. Unfortunate, mm-hmm. but he did get caught for it. Um, so it wasn't until 1969 that he was paroled um, from the Kentucky State Penitentiary, Penit- Penit- jail from the jail. Okay, he's paroled. <laughs> um, you said it correctly the first time. Whatever. It's penitentiary. I only know how to say it when I sing it. Like like <laughs> that. There was a song in the penitentiary is uh you know. Okay. You know, so anyway. But just say it normally. Penitentiary. Penitentiary. <laughs> you did it. You when you weren't thinking about it, you did penitentiary. it. Penitentiary. <laughs> See, I gotta say it like that. Anyway. April nineteen seventy eight, unfortunately, Greenwell's wife died in a house fire in Wisconsin. Ooh, that sounds, well, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like maybe that wasn't an accident because he sounds like secretly he was a pretty evil dude. Maybe Jessica, but who's to know? I guess. Who's to know? Right. And he was so sad and so depressed. His wife died in a house fire. That's terrible. Until he met 39 year old single mother who had previously been in an abusive relationship. And was about to be in another. he was like, yo, we gonna be fucking. All right. And they did. Um, And after a short amount of time, they got married again or he got married again to her. And uh, with Greenwell had adopted a daughter from his previous marriage. Okay. Okay. He also fathered a son of his own with his new wife. In 1982, Greenwell was arrested again um, and he was sentenced to prison for burglary this time in Iowa. And during his arrest, he actually escaped from custody and was recaptured twice. He's slippery. He's a slippery little fucker. Uh Uh-huh. How did he escape and get caught again twice? In the 2000s. 2000s? Isn't that what you said? Jessica, this is 1982. Oh, sorry. You mentioned 2010 sometime before. I did. Is that when he died? He died in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he served in a state prison in Kentucky um, until he was finally released in eight, 1983. Mm-hmm. So not too long. So even after he was given two fucking escape charges, he only served a year. So crime wasn't that bad. I guess. Um, and it was at this point that he found employment as a railroad worker. Okay. And he worked on tracks all across the Midwest. And he would utilize this. In he, his serial killing? Because he can now be almost anywhere in the Midwest. And it wouldn't really be questioned. That makes sense. That's how truckers end up, you know. That's right. Getting to do that. Or at least the ones who've been serial killing. So the first woman who is absolutely known 
to be a victim of the I-65 killer was Vicki Heath. She was a 40-year-old, 41-year-old mother of two. She recently got engaged. Aww. And she was found dead beside the trash cans behind the Super 8 Motel in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Was she the clerk? That she worked at, that's right. She was the, like, night clerk. Or they called it something else, like, night manager, whatever. Um, she was on the trash cans out back uh, on in February of 1987. So the the motel lobby showed signs of a fight. Like, clearly she stuff wasn't down. Stuff knocked over and stuff like that. Things were knocked over. There was a telephone that was uprooted from the wall. Like, I mean, very, very unchill shit happened. A struggle, for right. sure. But that didn't stop her from being brutally raped. Aww. And then shot twice in the head with a 38 caliber pistol. Damn. Yeah, it was brutal. And he did, in fact, rape her while she was alive. Um, about a year later, March 1989, 24-year-old uh, Margaret Mary, she goes by Peggy Gill. Okay. She was a night auditor at the Maryville, Indiana Days Inn. The Days Inn killer. She was brutally raped, shot twice in the head. Same thing. And her body was dumped in a back hallway. That's how a lot of killers do it. You know, they have a preferred way to do it when they kill serially. When they serially kill. Mm -hmm. He also stole $179 from the motel. I so, mean, you know, you've already crossed so many lines. <laughs> Might as well. It's just take such, that's such a small one bucks. on top of everything else. That's so much bigger. Like yeah. he's done so many felonies. What's this little misdemeanor going to do? Or, I guess. So after he killed, raped and killed Peggy Gill and stole the $179, you know, he's exhausted. Tired. But he got a second wind four hours later no. when he raped and shot 34-year-old Gene Gilbert, who was a part-time auditor at the Remington, Indiana Days Inn. Her body was found near the railroad in the early morning by a car that was driving by, you know, saw the body. Um, also, this time, made a little bit more of a profit. $247 was stolen from the motel. Okay. He's, he's trying to earn a living. Um, both of the women were shot in the head twice with a 22 caliber pistol. Same gun, I and assume. Not the same gun. Uh, the first one was a 38 caliber. This is a 22. Oh, okay. I so guess I one, that. So this one, the bullets are smaller, a little quieter, whatever. I, I don't think the gun matters. It just happened to be that that was four hours apart from each other. Yeah. So we had the same gun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Insanely brutal. I've, I've never heard. It sounded like he had a pattern at first. Like every year he was going to rape and murder a motel clerk. But to act that quickly, like immediately after, that's weird. Very, okay. very weird. I just even I, for serial killers, they even the craziest ones don't kill twice like in the same day I with, don't know. with the same pattern. I don't know enough about them, I guess. You should watch Mindhunter. I did. I watched the first season. You should pay attention when you watch Mindhunter. I really liked the first season. First season was really fucking cool. I, I haven't, haven't watched seen the, the second, second one. Yeah. And I think the third is either out or coming out. Okay. So maybe interesting. Anyway, um, Greenville was once again arrested in 1989. So 1989 is when he murdered those two women. He was arrested for a traffic violation in a domestic incident in Wisconsin. Um, a month later, he was arrested for violating a restraining order. I mean, this guy is just on a roll in 1998 now. So we're going a whole like 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Nothing um, for 10 years? Well, hold on. He was arrested for felony possession. I think we're just running through his arrests real quick because- He in, ends up arrested and that's when they find out more stuff. Kind of. Okay. So 1989 is when he murdered the two women. And uh, the following year, in January of 1990, he attacked a 21-year-old hotel clerk in at the Columbus, Indiana Days Inn. 
Um, the woman actually survived. Okay. She was working the night shift. Greenwell raped her, robbed her, and stabbed her repeatedly. Oof. She was able to somehow survive, and she was able to give a description of her attacker. They drew up a composite drawing of him, and, you know, they had now this drawing in this picture, whatever. And they also had, this was very important, because of the 1990 case, they were able to gather DNA that linked him to the 89 murders. They knew for a fact. The right. person that tried to murder this girl. Well, because he had raped her, and then she survived. I mean, I guess I don't know how that works. You can collect DNA from a body. I guess I don't know how they, long it They lasts. linked it. Okay. They had DNA from yeah. the 1989 double homicide. Okay. Then, in 1990, they collected evidence from that crime scene and linked it to the other two. So they still don't know who it is, but they know it's the same person. They know for a fact this is the same dude. Right. Um, in 1991, now, so another year. The year I was born. Which makes sense, right? Uh, Greenwell, once again, raped, robbed, and stabbed a woman in Rochester, Minnesota. Again, though, she survived. And she was also able to give a description of her assailant. She said that he, you know, described what clothes he was wearing and that he had a lazy eye. Um, if you actually look up the drawings of him, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently this man looked rough. Rough. Okay. Um, and the case was officially linked. This one in 2013 was officially linked to all of the others. So they were able to kind of like everything I'm reading you. Everything that I've read so far yeah. has all been linked together. They know it's the same person. They just don't know who it is. Right. Um, so apparently in 2013, um, when they were trying to link some stuff, they had managed to link all of these together, but the case was still cold. Because um, they have no suspects. And they're all in so such different places. Yeah. All over the United States. Like it, it's hard to kind of pinpoint this. Um, so they were all considered cold cases. Um, until, like I said, that DNA came back. And in 2010, the Kentucky State Police announced that they had DNA evidence that linked the three murders and they officially were had a serial killer now. Yeah. That was active in the late 80s. Um, they linked him to at least four additional cases in several states. Female motel clerks working along I-65 were all sexually assaulted and robbed. Very clear pattern. Yeah. Um, and... I didn't realize this before, but every uh, every attack that happened was between January and March. So whichever year it he liked ended it, he on. liked it cold outside when he did his raping or something. I don't know. Weird. It, it was always that time. So okay. doesn't really make sense, but who knows? Um, so, but they they used that information to like associate that this was a seasonal worker. This is someone who only worked during the winter and someone who travels and someone who travels. And so police had put out a thing, you know, they're trying to catch him, right? This happened at this point now, 20 years ago. Uh, and they put out a thing that the suspect would be between the ages of 55 and 65 and would be a truck driver or a traveling salesman. Something like that. They didn't think about the railroads. Gotcha. Um, so in 2010, Greenwell retired from his position in the Canadian Pacific Railway. Uh, he lived in a small town. He was said to be very kind very charismatic, very generous, you know, the type of guy that would see you moving a heavy box into your house, right? You just bought a new desk or something. Yeah. He would help you bring the desk into your house. And then rape you and rob you. No, and then help you build the desk and then go carry on with his day. He was that kind of guy, like super nice. Okay. Everyone respected him, had kind things to say about him. Um, he had various hobbies, obviously. He loved 
frequenting his farmer's market. He had a, his own booth. Everyone knew him there. Farmer Greenwell. Farmer Greenwell. Uh, and in 2013, like I had said before, he died of cancer in Iowa. And then Greenwell was identified as the killer. Right through a DNA match with his close family member. Uh, again, I think this is one of those twenty-three and Me things. Mm-hmm. They fucked their <laughs> their grandparents who were serial killers. I mean, thankfully. But Jessica, this wasn't until twenty twenty-two. Oh wow! In twenty twenty-two, just last year. Just last year, they were able to pinpoint who this the fucking killer was, only to find out he had been dead for nine years. Doesn't that creep you out? That there's definitely more than one case like that out there. Oh, right now? there definitely is. Oh yeah. And then it makes you think like, oh, that super friendly librarian. What if they're a serial killer? Yeah. You know, like they could be anywhere doing anything. Anyone. Their weird serial killer phase. They can be someone gone. who's extremely nice and sweet and charitable, who you would never expect of something like that ever. Mm-hmm. Suspect is what I meant. Because apparently their them being a serial killer was it was just a fad, you know? It was just a phase. But it's gone now. I just had to get it out of my system. Yeah, of course. Working a lot, you know. It's that season. Yeah. So this was April 2022 that they had said that um, there's a 99.99999% chance that it's Greenwell, who was the killer. Um, And then they begun a new investigation. Now they know it was him. They know that he did those uh, those five crimes. But now a new investigation opened up because the FBI who were looking into it were like, there is absolutely no way that there are only five. There is no way. That there are only five. And so now, today, there is an investigation underway. They're investigating fucking, I don't even know, every Midwest state for rape and murders between the late 80s and 2010. Right. It's a lot of work. That is insane. Yeah. And we won't hear shit about this until fucking Netflix puts out a documentary in five years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but that'll be very exciting because you would have heard it here first, folks. Um, But yeah, that was, in fact... The farmer's market uh, I-65 killer or the days in killer. Wow. Well yeah. done, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you. I always do like talking about serial killers, especially ones that no one's heard about. I never heard about that man. Same. I didn't even know that three kills made you a serial killer. I knew it was a lower number than I thought. I thought it took more than that to be serially killing. Well, I don't know. Like, where would you put the number? Because if you kill two people in the exact same way, I would kind of agree. I don't know that that's a serial oh. killing. But no, three, I, I, you know. I guess that makes sense because I had specifically said that like the first two, like there's a clear pattern there. Uh-huh. So I guess once you notice a pattern, the pattern that's a serial killer, maybe. I guess. I don't know. Um, I know that because uh, I looked up the definition once just on a whim, the definition of like a tradition is something that's done either annually or every time um, or in sequence with some kind of occurrence. You know, every yeah. time you get a promotion, it's tradition to go get a drink at this restaurant, you know, when you work for this company or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, it has to happen at least three times for it, be, for it to be considered a tradition. Now, uh, who cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah. But that's the definition of it. I just thought, yeah, that well, someone someone put a number to it and that's that's the number. Yeah, and unfortunately, all he died from was Lung cancer. cancer. That's it. Which, you know, I'm sure sucks, but he deserved worse, so. Yeah, he was an awful dude. <laughs> yeah. Awful person. So, you know, you do wish him more than that, but yeah. Right. Too late. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine you're his fucking child? And you learn something like that about Grandpa Greenwell? He's a fucking pillar of your community. Absolute, then, big heart, friendly, sweet and man. And literally overnight, he goes from that. To right? this, like, He's been dead for nine years uh-huh. now. 
to, oh shit, he is a straight up serial killer. Yep. That fucked me up. Mm-hmm. Totally throw me for a loop. All of his grandkids. Fucking. Do you think you'd go through like a, like a complex thing? You'd start wondering like who else in your life is a sociopath? I mean, I'm doing it now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't, it, I mean, it could be anyone, right? you know, like fucking the fucking golden state killer didn't continue killing. Right. Right. His shenanigans stopped and that's why he wasn't caught because mm-hmm. he stopped and we just didn't have the DNA shit to match it up at the time. Mm-hmm. Like he just went on with his life until he was an old ass man who right. again was now a pillar of the community and was right. like everyone respected him and loved him. And then boom. Oh shit. You're an absolutely terrible human being. The worst. <laughs> like I'll fuck. never, I'll never forget it. I'm sure we talked about it on the podcast at some point. The wildest sociopath story I've ever heard. And it wasn't dramatized or exaggerated. I didn't see it in a documentary. It just happened the way that the story told it. Like I looked into it. I read articles about it and it's uh, I don't remember the name of it, but that's this small town somewhere in the U S that just had this like insane triple murder take place in it. Oh, so the cops go to this little bed and breakfast that was owned by the single mom and her teenage daughter. Uh, There are reports of like, a like smell of death or something, or someone walked into the bed and breakfast to check on her or something like that. And the bed, the fucking house is covered in blood. So they call the cops. Okay. They come and investigate. Good they move. find the house covered in blood. There are like, there's like a bullet hole or two in the walls. Um, they look around further. They don't find anybody in the house, but they find the mother, the single mother, her teenage daughter and the daughter's teenage friend as well as their two German shepherds chopped up into pieces, rolled up in a tarp in the backyard. Whoa. And so they're like, what the fuck just happened? They look into the sign-in book, I guess, because the single mom was like good at bookkeeping or something like that. They look into all her records and they find out that her handyman has been missing for a while. So they're like, it's probably him. The handyman did it. He's a drifter. He'd been new in town. No one knew a lot about him anyway. He, now he's missing suddenly and then this happens. It's probably him. So they're looking around for him desperately. And then out of nowhere, this uh, this like 19-year-old kid shows up in the police station. And he's like, I know where he is and I can take you to him. And they're like, okay, cool. And I know you can sense where this is going. So they go driving. He's being very cryptic. He's being very vague. And he leads them into an area of the forest nearby a very popular like fishing area okay. by a river and takes them to a pile of ashes and says, that's where I burned up his body, kind of casually. Okay. Like he was almost bored or something to my memory. And it turned out he'd been a sociopath his whole life. He just never had standard emotions. And it occurred to him, you know, I've always wanted to know what it was like to kill somebody. And the handyman, no one really gives a shit about him. And he asked me to go fishing with him. We'll be alone. It'd be a pretty good opportunity to do that. So he killed him? So he fucking killed him. He takes a backpack with lunch and stuff. They go on this fishing trip. And as the guy is sitting there fishing, facing the river... He goes, I have to go pee or something. He gets up and while the guy's back is turned, takes a gun out of his backpack and shoots him in the back of the head. Okay. So now the handyman is dead and he's like, well, okay, I did it. I don't really know what to do now. He said it took him like days to figure out how to actually burn up his body. He thought it'd be easy. Oh no, it's very difficult to burn a body. super (laughs) hard. Yeah. Uh, Not, not difficult to burn hair and and flesh, Mm -hmm. but uh, bone does not burn. It didn't. Now he said that like, it was working to a certain extent. He was like, but he was in one piece. It was taking a long time. So I had to chop him up because then he burnt faster. 
that's how I got him to burn. He's like, and then sure. even then some of it was still there. Like there were still like pieces. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's so sound. I, I had to bury those. It's quicker to cook chicken wings yeah, than it like, is to cook a whole chicken. And then it occurred to me, the one loose end there was, was the bed and breakfast where he worked. Cause they, they would, would call the cops. They would wonder where he was and might report him missing. He's like, so I'm going to go there. I know when they're going to be gone. It's a small town. He just knew that like they'd be, at like the teenage daughter's, I don't know, softball practice or something. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go there while they're gone and I'm going to write a letter and leave that in his room saying that like deuces, I'm fucking out. Uh, I quit. Thanks for the time I spent here. You know, see you never have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> see you never. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be gone and you'll never, ever see me again. No, and then he said, I'd see you Sunday. Or did he say I'd see you someday? <laughs> <laughs> so, he goes there to write the letter and he's like looking around trying to collect all of his items to make it look like he really left. But Makes then sense. the mom and the daughter get home early with a friend with the daughter's friend. And he's like, oh, no, they're going to wonder why I'm in here. So he takes his gun out again. Jesus. OK. At first, he just thought it was the mom. So he shot her because he, he panicked. She's going to know I was here. She's she's going to know I was here for a dirty reason. OK. So he shoots her. Then he sees the daughter with her and he's like, fuck. Got to shoot her too. So he shoots her. Then the teenage friend walks in and he's like, oh, fuck. So he shoots her too. Then he's like, I know for a fact because of my experience with the handyman that the best way to hide them is to chop them up. So I, I got to chop them up. Okay. The whole time the two German shepherds are barking. They're not attacking him because they've met him before. It's a small town. I told you. So they're not freaking out. They're just like excited and like, what the fuck just happened? And like freaking out. And he's like, what if they pick up one of their, you know, dismembered arms or legs and carry them to the street. They're going to out me. So he shoots both of the dogs. Okay. And cuts them up, rolls them up in a tarp in the back because it's more than he planned on dealing with. And he was giving himself time to work up to it. Okay. And then they discovered the bodies. So he didn't have time to burn them yet. No, they discovered the bodies because the family was reported missing or like discovered that like obviously something really terrible happened in the bed and breakfast yeah. or whatever. And so he came forward because he was like, I don't know. I just, I didn't plan on it going down like that. So I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. And he Oops. was like, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll plead guilty and everything. My parents are old. They, I don't want them to have to deal with a trial. It was super casual to him. Interesting. And that story will stay with me forever. Because like just anyone this, can just literally act. anybody, literally anybody just cause. Yeah. Don't you think you'd notice if your kid was a sociopath? They thought he was autistic because he wasn't picking up on emotions very easily. Oh, and he didn't have a filter. Fuck. That might actually be like a thing, mm -hmm. but it turned out that. it was something different. They just, how can you know? Yeah. All right. So lesson <laughs> learned. If your child is autistic, just kill them. Just, as, <laughs> just to <laughs> just be assume safe, they're assume they're a sociopath and take care of it for the rest of the world. <laughs> yep. Put a pillow over their head. <laughs> be Be done with it. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't say it. You <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, you did. You 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 went with it. Okay? I wasn't gonna say kill them. Oh my god! I yes, was you gonna were. say assume they're a sociopath and like immediately put them into like therapy. Hey, just because you feel like killing someone doesn't mean it's okay to. Which is so shitty because like I also wasn't do, serious. Hold on, hold on. Do all sociopaths have autism? Maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe. Right? Like I don't I, think I would believe it if I heard it. I don't think all are all autistic artistics. People. <laughs> artistics. <laughs> I said are all autistics. You said artistics. Shut your fucking mouth. 
are all people with autism <laughs> Ser- sociopaths. I don't like, think so. Definitely not. Right. Right. Fuck. I mean, but what the fuck do you do? I don't know. Ugh. I just feel lucky. I don't have to fucking deal with that. Chain him up to the radiator in the basement, <laughs> you know, like a werewolf or something. Yeah. Just I'm saving you from yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm saving you from the terrible things you might do. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> well, with that, let's go on break. Yeah. Yeah. After that little dark bonus story. Thanks, Wee, Jess. You're welcome. <laughs> Fresh. Gosh, so many things are are just so much better fresh. Fresh coffee. Fresh coffee, fresh fucking apples. Fresh baked bread. Fresh bacon. Yum. Amazing. Fresh fruit. Fruit is very sweet. It's even better when it's fresh. Yeah. Fresh on the market. Oh, fresh on the market. I have heard that term before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That just- means it's something that wasn't on the market, but is recently. Yeah, I just can't think of anything as an example for that. You know who actually has some products that are fresh on the market right now? Who? Our sponsors. That's right. Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft, and Wizardry. We'd like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft, and Wizardry. They are a company that makes woodcraft products. Like plaques with all sorts of hilarious sayings and coasters with sarcastic twists. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories like dice towers, dice dungeons, and DM screens. Everything is made here in the USA. Yes, a family-owned business. They use American wood in American hands. Nice. (laughs) They personally create all of their merchandise. Yes, they are close friends of ours, but that's the most that we'll say. It could be anyone, but they're fantastic. They are. They are fantastic, and it really could be anyone at all. We own many of their products. That's true. All of them are of great quality. The greatest. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. Reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. That's Tilted, T-I-N-K-E-R. You should go and buy something from their website because they're awesome. And they love us, just like we love you. Did you know that your dog likes beer? Yeah. I didn't know that. So uh, I went to go grab a beer and I opened it and he was just staring at me. Mm-hmm. And so I held the cap down for him to sniff it. Yeah. And he sniffed it and he licked the cap, right? Like thoroughly licked the cap. And I was like, oh, interesting. And so I poured beer into the cap and then put it down in front of him. And he went to take, he was so excited. He drank every drop and then everything that he spilt, he licked up off the floor. Yep. He loves beer. Yep. I'm gonna get that dog drunk. So I don't know, I've never given it to him before, but any alcoholic beverage I've ever sipped in front of him, he's acted very interested in. So I'm just not surprised at all. Well, I know our mom had a dog that used to like pick up the like near empty beer bottles off the floor and like drink what was left. (laughs) Really? Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I heard stories about that when she was like a kid. Yeah. You know, they would finish a beer, set it down or whatever, and the dog would come up and pick up all of the near empty beers and drink what was left. All the little stuff sitting on the bottom. Yeah, because he liked it. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like your dog's gonna be that dog. Aw, my poor little boy. I know. 
based off of what he eats, like it's just dry kibble all the time. He has a biscuit sometimes. Right. Sometimes and sometimes a whole bag of biscuits. Mm, yeah, that's recent. <laughs> he got whooped. Did he? Yeah, hell yeah, he did. He beat his ass. Yeah. He ate a whole bag of greenies. He did. <laughs> I gave him one greenie and left the bag. Like, look, he's fucking tall. So, like, I put it up somewhere. He just could re- reach it. So he grabbed it and the greenie bag that had all the little treats in it for the little dog and ripped both of them up. Just ate up everything inside. <laughs> Didn't shit for like a day and a half, by the way. Oh, I bet. Uh-huh. Dang. Yeah. What a little fuck. Greedy bastard. He deserves to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him. We're back from the break. Yep. We're all broken. Super short, super sweet, and super into the next wheel spin. Hell Yeah. Well, you've been stuck on the space station for the past year. What fresh food do you eat first? Breakfast. I'm assuming that means that you are now not on the like space station. Like you're not station. eating astronaut food now. No, you're, you're back on Earth mm-hmm. and you are eating fresh food, not bagged space person food. Toothpaste food. Yeah, you're eating fresh food. What is it? Breakfast. Uh, define. Okay. Um, two... Over medium eggs with Tabasco, a bagel with cream cheese, bacon, pancakes, coffee. That's a lot going on. Yeah. It's been a whole year since I've had normal food. I'm so I'm assuming you're, big... you're eating this at home. Oh, no. No? Where are you going? Um, Honestly, any diner. A diner? Any breakfast diner. Drinking that Folgers. Yep. They always have Folgers. They always do. So good. I don't like it, actually. You don't like Folgers? No, I lost my taste for it. Mm. Used it for a real long time, though. That's lame. Now I am one of those uh, snoots who has to grind up organic beans. Ew. I do. I do that. It's like the fancy kind. And I grind it before every use. On the back of the bag, it has like the biography of the farmer who made the bean. Yep. That's gross. I I like that's my thing now that I do. The coffee's better. I just feel really pretentious. Ooh, I'm drinking single origin Ethiopian blah, 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 blah. So you sound like. I didn't say any of that, though. But that's exactly what you sound like. That's not what I said. I can't even drink pre-ground coffee anymore. I have to drink whole bean. No, I do. I just said I would go to a diner. I said I would drink the coffee and I would enjoy it. I just wouldn't like it as much, especially after a year of like coffee flavored toothpaste. I would enjoy almost any cup of coffee after that. That's true. All I'm saying is that now not having, you know, been forced to eat astronaut food for a year. I was going to say, I forgot that you were an astronaut. Exactly. For a whole year. Right. Uh, Well, for me, I think my first fresh food, I mean, it's got to be Mexican, you know? Mm -hmm. Not that my my stomach can handle it anymore. You know, it's been a year. Right. Um, If it's not in paste form. Yeah, but but for sure, I'm going to go to like, and not real Mexican either. Not real Mexican food. Like fake Mexican food. Like Torchy's Tacos. I'm going to go to Torchy's Tacos. And I'm going to order like four, five different tacos. The hillbilly queso. Oh, I'm going to get that hillbilly queso. Mm-hmm. Did you know that they put fucking avocado in the queso? Yeah, I do. Game changing. Yeah, I knew that. So good. We have a friend who's allergic to avocado. He found that found that out the hard way. Um, Yeah. So we were actually at Torchy's the other day and mm-hmm. we ordered queso. 
and he was like, "My, what are my lips so weird? Like, what's in the queso?" And we we're like, "What the fuck you mean, fucking cheese, you dumbass?" This was the other day. Yeah, this was like two, three days He's ago. He's eaten it and suffered that before. Yeah, we'd had no idea. Um, and then I put my chip in and scooped it up and just had all this avocado on. And I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, his lips were all tingly. And he was like, well, luckily, I don't think I got actual avocado. Just got like a little, little bit. A little remnants. Yeah. So yeah. he was fine. He's retarded. Yeah. He's super dumb. Super dumb. Because we've been, he's been to Torchy's like way before that and found that out that way. Yeah. Already. Well, he, he found it out already. Uh, again, again. 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 He did. He did that. Right. Yeah. So I would go there. And I would have a peg leg, maybe three. Yum. Oh, delicious. The peg leg is my favorite. It's like your standard basic margarita, but it's got a coronita yeah, they jammed into it. Jam. They jam a corona. Oh, they jam it. A corona right a coronita. up. In, right up into the margarita. Yeah. So good. No, it's really good. It's like a little bottle of Corona. Yeah, the coronita. And they just kind of like shove it and in they, there. And they jam it into the margarita. And as you're drinking it down, like it's like, you know, dropping Corona into your margarita. Yep. Then once you drink it down enough, you can pull the Coronita out and like shake it and spin it. And so that all of the beer just floods in and then you mix it up. Yep. Oh, so, so good. tasty. So good. I want a margarita now. I want a Coronita. That's what I want. Coronita. Yeah. I want a peg leg. I want, I want a peg leg for sure. I've almost knocked my glass over though. Many times. Yeah. It's not super stable. I never have, but you almost did. Yeah, like three times. Okay. Because the bottle's really top heavy at first, you know. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of more things to say, <laughs> but it's mainly because I don't want you to get into your story. Why? Because I'm just going to be disgusted. It's, it's pretty bad. By what I hear. Yeah, it's bad. So Jess. Yeah. Is it my, my turn? It's your turn. What are you talking about? Well, I knew that the topic was fresh. Yeah. And uh, I had... A little bit of a hard time deciding on one thing. I looked up a bunch of different things and they were interesting enough. Just none of them was like calling me, you know? So I, uh, you know, usually when I'm in that mood, I'm having trouble just settling on something. I call Terry over and I have him, you know, just aim me in one direction so that I can just get it done. Okay. And so Terry said, you know, when I think of fresh, I think of eat fresh, like a subway. Subway. Eat, eat fresh. Why don't you talk about Jared, the subway guy and all of his weird, like no. scandalous stuff that happened in court not too long ago. No. And I was like, that's a wonderful idea. That's it's, what I'm going to do. It's terrible. You should talk about how their their rivalry against fucking Quiznos. Oh, no. We're going to get into everything Jared has been proven to have done. OK, well, fuck it. Go on. It might not be as bad as you think. Jessica. What? You're going to talk about terrible, terrible things, possibly the worst things that humans can do. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Jared Scott Vogel. His middle name's Scott? Yeah. Loser. <laughs> so if you aren't familiar, Jared Vogel is the spokesman for Subway restaurants, or was, from 2000 to 2015. Yeah, he was the tall, skinny, nerdy guy. That everyone that he was like, oh, I used to be a giant obese man and now I'm not because of Subway. Mm -hmm. And because of that, all of the fats in America, myself included, we were we were one of them. were like, oh, dope. We can go to Subway and eat a whole bunch of food and be skinny. <laughs> Subway makes you skinny. <laughs> um, so close. 
That is the summary of it. There's a little more to it. So he became the spokesman of Subway because of an article published while he was attending college at Indiana University, Bloomington. Um, I guess a dorm mate had written an article, which was published in the Indiana Daily Student, so the college paper. Okay. About how Fogel lost 245 pounds by exercising and eating a diet of Subway sandwiches. That really is all he did. I mean, sure. If you exercise and eat... He had two Subway sandwiches a day for like a year or okay. two or two years or something. Which would be, in you know theory, too much carb, n- not enough protein and fat. But or he probably kept, plenty of fat. He brought his diet down to 2,000 calories a day instead perfect. of way more than that. Yeah. 2,000 calories a day right. is perfect. It's fine. Especially if you're exercising. Exactly. Of course he's going to lose weight. And he did. So his friend writes the article, it goes into the college paper, and uh, it landed him a feature in Men's Health magazine under an article entitled Stupid Diets That Work. <laughs> then a an owner of the Subway franchise took his story, Jared's story, to Subway's advertising agency in Chicago. Jared's career with them began. The company changed its slogan to Eat Fresh, and the rest is history. I mean, look, genius. Right. Subway stumbled upon this man figured fuck it we can make so much more money if people think they're going to be healthy when they eat here yeah and this man jared just became a millionaire overnight essentially basically time goes on his popularity increases in 2004 he establishes the jared foundation which is a nonprofit organization focused on raising awareness about childhood obesity okay and that's through educational programs and tools that will be provided to parents schools and communities that sounds really awesome. Super awesome. 2008, Subway starts a campaign tour to celebrate that Jared's kept the weight off for 10 years, at the end of which he donates his fat pants to a museum. <laughs> Everyone's very proud of him. <laughs> They're all celebrating together. He kept on to he kept a hold of his fat pants for 10 yes, years. Yes, he did. <laughs> By 2013, Fogel had filmed more than 300 commercials and continued to make appearances and speeches for the company. And Subway actually attributed one third of one half of its growth in sales to Fogel alone. So with their revenue having tripled between 1998 and 2011, they really want to keep him around. Okay. Obviously. He's very important to them. All right. I feel like you're not, you're about to say some not chill things. Anyway, on top of all of this stuff going on, he makes very special appearances on WWE. (laughs) Does he? Yeah, he did. (laughs) Twice. In 2009 and 2011, he also makes appearances in the Sharknado film series. Oh. Beginning with Sharknado 2, the second one. Yep. And ending with Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No, a film from which all evidence of him was removed by the Sci-Fi Channel in the version that they chose to broadcast because in July 2015, a week before the movie's premiere, something not so fresh took place. (laughs) Not so fresh. Oh, man. Yeah. And now... We really dive into it. April 29th, 2015, Russell Taylor, who's the director of the Jared Foundation, was arrested for child exploitation, possession of child pornography, as well as voyeurism. Mm. And a week or so after his arrest, he attempted suicide at the Marion County Jail, but failed and was placed on life support. And once he recovers, that September, he he pleaded guilty to all of his charges and was sentenced to 27 years in federal prison within just a few months. Jump back to July 7th, 2015, so just a few months before that, before his sentence, anyway. 
FBI and Indiana State Police investigators raid Jared's home in Indiana. Yeah. They arrest him for distribution and receipt of child pornography. And they seized, of course, his computers and other electronic devices. The same day, another spokesperson spokesperson for Subway announced that the company and Jared mutually agreed to suspend their business relationship. Of course, of they course. They just happened to agree on that, yeah. you know. Um, and then Subway proceeds to get to work scrubbing him out of absolutely everything they possibly can. Turns out Jared had the FBI's attention since 2007. I see. Um, I'm going to pause you. Okay. So real quick fun fact. Go ahead. Okay. So you said this is all happening July 2015? Uh-huh. So I graduated high school in May of 2015. Mm-hmm. And I immediately began working at Subway. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we had a like large cardboard cutout of Jared. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that was until corporate came in <laughs> and was like, remove all evidence of Jared. We had to remove the cardboard cutout of Jared. Jared was on our chip bags. We had to remove the chip bags. And so we were out of chips for like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we, had, I mean, everything, like everything, everything was gone. Yep. It was like, he didn't exist in subway anymore. And it was literally overnight. And like corporate was straight up. Like if this does not happen, your site will be fined X amount. Didn't matter. The owner of the franchise came by and was like, get rid of it. Gone. I don't care what it is. I don't care if, if his name is mentioned, if his face is on gone, it, it's gone, it's gone. It's trash. And so like we had fun, you know, we ate a whole bunch of fucking chips <laughs> and took pictures with the fucking Jared things. We're like, what the fuck does this guy do? <laughs> uh Oh, yeah, somebody's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Oh man. So in 2007, after uh, Sarasota, Florida journalist and radio show host, Rochelle Herman Walrand met Jared at a health event at a local Sarasota middle school. Um, she reached out to the Sarasota Police Department, claiming that Jared had made lewd comments to her about the female middle school students. Not a good look. Gross. Why would he do that with a journalist? I don't know. I'm guessing the police department, the local police department, couldn't do a whole lot based off of that alone. But I mean, they either gave her some advice or Rochelle was incredibly cunning. Okay. Because after that, she made recordings of Jared's remarks, saved text messages between them, and took those to the FBI. Good for you, Rochelle. And for four years, she worked with the FBI to collect evidence against him, fooled him into befriending her, and from then on recorded every conversation they had, saved every message, and forwarded them all to investigators. Recordings that included Jared making several remarks about having had sex with underage girls and asking her to install a webcam in her own children's rooms so that he could watch them. Oh my God. God. Yeah. Dude, good for you, Rochelle. That is, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. That is some cold, hard fucking journalism right there. Right. Good for you. She did a good job. Now, after the arrest of Russell, that's the executive director of the Jared Foundation. Yeah. They found even more evidence against Jared. So he and Russell had apparently been trading sexually explicit photos of children, as well as videos. Um, some of them depicting children as young as six years old. So they subpoenaed a series of text messages made uh, in 20, sorry, in 2008 between Jared and a Subway franchisee. I assume that's an owner of a restaurant or Probably. maybe multiple restaurants yeah. um, between Jared and a woman named Cindy Mills, with whom he was apparently dating at the time. 
or at least they were fucking, I don't know. So in these messages that they subpoenaed between him and her, Jared talked about sexually abusing children ranging in age from nine to 16, told her, uh, told Cindy to sell herself for sex on Craigslist and asked her to arrange for him to have sex with her 16 year old cousin. Cindy's lawyer said on her behalf that she had alerted Subway's corporate management about Jared's messages, but that they had responded that because Jared was not a Subway employee, there was just nothing they could do. And of course, now Subway. (laughs) Yeah. And so, of course, now Subway is saying that they have absolutely no idea what she's talking about. That never happened. I mean, look, sure, he's not an employee, so we can't fire him. But we can report it. But like, oh, that sounds not chill. Okay. Let's say something. <laughs> let's let's do something about that, maybe. So this was never proven, but allegations were made against Subway as a corporation um, that they had covered up for Jared on three separate accounts in order oh, in no. order to perpetuate the money he was making for them. Starting when? I don't know. Was it because he worked for them for what fifteen years? Fifteen years, solid. So because this wasn't necessarily like logged. They can't, there's no evidence of when exactly, or even exactly how many times. But like some people have come forward and said it, there's just nothing they can do about that because there's no actual hard proof that they did. And they're very careful to insist that they had no idea. Can you imagine if there's like a subway fucking house of cards, like (laughs) people are being fucking murdered because they know too much? (laughs) Yeah. So August, 2015, federal prosecutors announced that they had reached a deal with Jared in which he would plead guilty to two counts. One of distribution and receipt of child pornography, and the other was something called child sex tourism that I have never heard of before. The fuck? Yeah, it's specifically traveling to engage in illicit sexual conduct with a minor. Like traveling within the United States? I think so. So he was charged with paying to engage in sexual acts with a 17-year-old from Indiana to New York City. I'm not sure what that means. Like he... He paid a child to come to him? I think so. Um, Prosecutors, regardless of what that means, prosecutors also alleged that he had offered adult prostitutes a finder's fee to seek out younger sex partners for him. That wasn't proven. It's fucking gross. Really, really gross. Now that same month, August 2015, an article is released by USA Today with the help of the watchdog organization Charity Watch, um, who had investigated the Jared Foundation years before. Okay. And in the article, they reported that the Jared Foundation, which had since dissolved, it was dissolved in 2012 by the Secretary of State in Indiana. (laughs) Okay. Because it failed to pay a required $5 annual reporting fee two years in a row. Are you fucking serious? That's why it was dissolved. But uh, Charity Watch, in their investigation, found that they never actually uh, issued any grants or provided any funds at all for its stated purpose. Oh my God. They also noted that on average, the foundation spent $73,000 a year, the majority of which went right into the executive director's pocket and over a quarter of which was completely unaccounted for. Jesus. During his trial, Jared's defense team tried to push the idea that his compulsive eating disorder that he had had earlier in, in his life had something to do with him turning to pedophilia. What? He just had to replace it with something. He's a sick man. First, it was food. Now children. It's all Subway's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that really didn't get him anywhere. And the forensic psychologist who supported this concept in court. Oh, please tell me that. Because someone did. 
was widely publicly criticized. Good. So that didn't pay off. That was a that was a bad call. Yeah. Uh, November nineteenth, two thousand fifteen, Jared formally pled guilty before federal judge Tanya Walton Pratt. He made a statement apologizing for his crimes, saying that he wanted a chance to become a good, honest person to redeem his life after being ensnared in a life of deception and lies and complete self-centeredness. Now, even after all of that that we just talked about, no one was actually able to prove or charge him with actually having sex with a minor. He talked about it a lot, but there's no evidence he actually did it. Um, so Pratt, the judge, sentenced Jared to 15 years and eight months in prison, uh, which was over three years more than what prosecutors had recommended in their like plea deal with his defense team. The judge stated that the level of perversion and lawlessness exhibited by Mr. Fogel is extreme. And that's saying not a lot. Right. Uh, so he has to serve a minimum of 13 years before he becomes eligible for a time off with good behavior. 13 was the original agreed upon number Look of years. That. And um, after serving his sentence, he'll be on supervised release for the rest of his life. Pratt also fined him $175,000, ordered him to forfeit 50 grand in assets, in addition to a $1.4 million restitution. Now Jared's lawyer, Ron Elberger, filed a notice of appeal on December 14th, 2015, because the judge had sentenced him three years longer than they had agreed. Okay. And that allows you the opportunity to appeal if you don't agree with it. Sure. Um, Appeals are fucking dangerous, though. Yeah. Because appeals allow for investigations to reopen. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's like, that is a gamble <laughs> and a half. Um, so in his appeal, he actually brought up that he'd originally requested that Pratt, the judge, sentence him to only five because he thought that was more reasonable. Okay. That was ignored, but he did bring it up again in the appeal. And after the, the appeal was filed, the U.S. Attorney's Office responded by obviously opposing a reduction to his sentence. Um, and they also cited Jared's text messages to a woman in which he stated that he would, quote, pay you big for a 14 or 15 year old. Un unquote, Jesus Christ. That underage girls are, quote, what I crave. He did not say that. Unquote. And also expressed that young boys were not off the table. <laughs> Why not? Oh he, my God. He actually made several more failed attempts to overturn his convictions since then. After his guilty plea, the New York Post wrote an article about everything, declaring, quote, enjoy a footlong in jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and way before all of this, South Park had actually made Jared the subject of an episode titled Jared Has AIDS. Um, Wait, South Park said South Jared has AIDS? <laughs> this was like way before all of this stuff came to light. Uh, and he was quoted after that saying that he found their humor typical and tasteless. Um, and then once he was found guilty of all this stuff, uh, they depicted him in the video game South Park, the fractured but whole as a boss. Yeah, I that remember that. You have to fight. Um, after being attacked, Jared shouts things, many things. Things like, you like it rough? Me too. And want to see if we can all squeeze into my before picture pants? <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through the fight, he shouts, you kids are pretty tough, but let's see how you deal with my AIDS. <laughs> Have you played that game? No. South Park Fractured Butthole. Uh-huh. Um, Jessica, it's so good. Yeah. It's an action-based game, which is a little annoying. Mm-hmm. Fuck. 
It is. It was one of the funniest video games I've ever played in my life. It you, looked you like gotta a lot of fun. play it. It looked like a lot of fun. So to wrap it up, in November 2021, Jared spoke out from prison for the very first time. Awesome. What'd he say? He hand wrote a letter to the New York Post and to them alone, stating that he, quote, royally screwed up, unquote. He wrote that he's inspired by a line from the movie The Shawshank Redemption. Huh. He said something like, you can either get busy living or get busy dying when you're sent to prison. I've done everything I can to get busy living and make the most of this unwanted experience. And then he let them know that he works out regularly, runs four to five miles a day, and he's fitter now more than ever. <laughs> so now he's going to be in what, prison ads? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to work his way into the justice system? I'm not sure. <laughs> what the fuck? Why did you quote the Shawshank Redemption? You're in there for a good reason. Watch, when he's when he's up for appeal and can get out early... He's going to straight up say the entire quote, the entire line that fucking Morgan Freeman's character says oh God. at his appeal. And I really hope he does. Yeah. Oh, um, so there you go. Disgusting. That was it. He didn't he didn't get caught fucking kids. He talked about it a lot. He literally asked someone he considered just a friend, not even like a girlfriend or like someone he f- would feel sexually close to. He just straight up like, hey, uh, go ahead and put a webcam in your kid's room for me. You good with that? so gross like that's what's disgusting is that this this is doesn't even touch the things he's guilty of for sure oh it does not yeah like clear that that is clear at this point um i have a question though what was rochelle's full name um one second um rochelle herman dash walrond mm-hmm. w-a-l-r-o-n-d you checking to see what she's been up to i, I want to see what she's up to now she's a badass super cool but yeah, I thought that was a wild ride. So fucking gross, dude. I know. Fucking Jared. That's gross. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that story. Did you find anything? What she what no. she got going on? No, I can't I can't find anything. Everything is from twenty fifteen. Maybe she just didn't It'll no it, she wasn't it, involved in a whole lot of stuff. It that, just means that it'll take more than a quick search. Because mm-hmm. that's what she's most known for, so that's what everything's gonna pop up. Right. So I have to do a quick deep dive. Which maybe I will, maybe I won't. Yep. We'll find out. But geez, that's so nasty. Yeah. Like good for her, right? For like early on being like, okay, like I guess I'll do it. <laughs> like I guess I'll be the one that well, does this. Like what quick thinking too? Because like you're in a middle school surrounded by kids and this dude is saying this stuff. I guess I don't know that he said that said it to her in the school, but that's but where they met. He so must just, have said something, right? That she was like, ooh. Ew. Okay. And rather than tip him off and be like, oh my God, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Or like, she was just like, really she was like, oh, oh cool. Okay. Wow. Interesting. And then went and said something about it. And then when the cops couldn't help her, the local police, because like he said something gross. I mean, true. Like she it's was not, like, okay, fine. It's not illegal to say like, oh yeah, when I get home, I'm going to rape my neighbor. Right. <laughs> it's not illegal to say that. Right. It's illegal to do it. Right. <laughs> it's illegal to threaten it. Right. Not illegal to say it. Right. So, it's, but but then again, if you hear someone say like, oh, when I get home, I'm going to totally rape my neighbor. Like, if you believe that for like, even just a little bit, like, ooh. Maybe I should. Maybe say, I should say something. I should say something <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah. She heard that and was like, okay, well, if you can't help me, I'll just record everything he says. I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm going to see him again and I'm going to get a recording. Then you'll have the proof you need. And then apparently became best friends with him. 
befriended him enough so that he just started spouting all of this incriminating shit to her. He's an idiot. I know. He's a stupid criminal. Thank God. Thank God he is. Sure. Thank God he was so stupid that it took 15 years. That's what sucks. To, to even really get is anything on him. that you have proof of him telling you that he is involved in all this dirty shit and they couldn't even arrest him until they found the shit in uh, his executive director's house. Yeah. Well, that's what I knew. Um, Cause like media really didn't follow this all that much. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a huge story, but when it came to the details, the only thing that I knew from media, like TV news, whatever, was that a friend of his friend of Jared's was raided uh, computers seized. They found all sorts of nasty child shit. Mm -hmm. And in that found a link to Jared. Right. So then they raided Jared, did the same shit, arrested him on suspicion, checked his computers and shit, found a, an absurd amount of fucking nasty child things. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh yeah, you're fucked. Yep. I media didn't say, oh yeah, the FBI th sat on their thumbs for eight years about this. I just don't, I wouldn't know exactly how that works. Why couldn't you arrest him? Look, or I, in, or like, you know, get a search warrant on him. If he's saying, yeah, huh, I totally fuck underage girls all the time. Huh? Like I, I get, you don't want to risk that yet. Cause the moment that you do raid his house, like if he doesn't have anything in his house, but you raid him, the first thing he's going to do is go and get rid of everything. I get that. You don't want to risk that. Right. But eight years. I don't know. You're going to let eight years go by. Yeah. That's too long. That's you know, far too long. You know, it's not long enough. 13 years in prison. Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah. What? He could be out on fucking good behavior now. No, he's still in. You, he, said, you said 13 years. 13 years minimum. Oh, okay. So 2028. Uh, I don't know why, but I thought I saw an article that said like maybe something new has taken place and that he wouldn't be up for not automatically, but he would be up for early release possibly in six years from today from yeah. So in 2029, 20, whatever. I hope someone fucking kills him in prison. You know, someone punched him and he got a bloody nose. That was one of the things wasn't he enough tried to use as a, an appeal. Yeah, no, I hope he overturn. gets I hope he gets sodomized um, by a, a 12 incher minimum <laughs> and then gets murdered. Yeah. Or that doesn't happen. He gets out of prison. Right. He begins to turn his life around and then someone sodomizes them him with their giant 12 inch penis and then murders him. Why is it got to be a foot long? It's because um, I'm on. Come on. Because of the iron. It's got to be a foot long. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I hope. That's disgusting. He is so gross man oh man yeah like definitely not okay but i can somewhat understand the like late teens thing mm -hmm. they're children you know they're children you shouldn't be fucking around with that okay i can somewhat understand there being like attraction or something but you're an adult and they're a child and you should know the difference meaning there's a difference between looking at a thing and thinking that is an attractive thing yeah. And being a fucking weirdo. Yeah. There is a, a huge difference. Like you and have a, a normal human brain that can recognize what you're looking at as a child. So just chill. But there's a, there's an even bigger difference between late teens and nine year olds. Or six. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> like immense uh -huh. difference there. That's horrendous. And he's disgusting. Yep. Yeah. Not three shots in approved. No, no. 
No, Jared is not three shots and approved. In fact, Subway is not three shots and approved, although we don't disapprove of Subway technically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to start nitpicking this corporation, nitpick them all, right? Like they've all been guilty of this kind of thing. Sure. I mean, so many corporations are doing the same shit. Yeah. But uh, look, I'm just not a huge fan of Subway. Neither am I. So it's not three shots and approved. But Jared is three shots and disapproved. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jared. Yeah, it, it makes me think of that guy you were talking about, that fucking just real gross pedo guy who ended up on the in the gas chamber. He was put to death. And then the guy who uh, was meant to carry out his death uh, sentence ended up like fumbling something. Well, it was. Yeah, it was the first execution in like fucking two decades. Mm -hmm. And he showed up and was drunk as shit and like totally botched the math of yeah. like how much gas was needed. And so did the wrong amount. And it wasn't enough to kill him, just enough to really, really hurt him. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up banging his head against a fucking steel pipe until he died. Because of how much pain he was Which in. Which took like 11 minutes or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Couldn't have hoped for a better end for that man. No, that was not you just, I meant what I said. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that one. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't want to start going into what I think should be done with. Yeah, uh, we can keep ranting with, about. With those kinds of people because I could, I could go on stuff. and on, but I think you get it. Anyone listening to the show that agrees or likes Jared in any way, I hope you get fucked by a giant 12 inch penis <laughs> <laughs> and then get murdered. So, okay. Well, but I mean, I mean that in like, you know, the funniest way possible. Right. The of course. Uh, like a, the silliest, the way. silliest, the silly little, <laughs> silly little way. Well, okay. I'm going to spin the wheel. All right. You know what, Jess? Yeah. I'm tired of reading. Go okay. on. Okay. Go oh, on. Oh, I'm reading this one. You're going to read it. Okay. You never do. Here uh, it is. Okay. This is a long one. Yeah. That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> it says, choose one. Okay. A five course dinner cooked by Gordon Ramsay, but you're on a date with a very handsy Danny DeVito. Fun. Interesting. Tour your choice of distillery and get the first taste and bottle from a 50 year old cask with Gilbert Godfrey commentating, commentating everything. Okay. And then the last one says, margaritas on the nicest beach, but you got to keep applying sun tan lotion to Sean Connery every hour and a half. Okay. That's you interesting. You got to choose one of those. Which one of those, if you had to choose one, would be the best scenario for you, I guess. I know my answer immediately. The Danny DeVito one? No. Are you kidding me? No. It's a five course dinner cooked by Gordon I don't Ramsay. care. I'm going to the distillery of my choice where I receive many a tastings and a free bottle. And I get to listen to Gilbert Godfrey narrate everything down. Absolutely down. I love that man. I think he's dead now, but absolutely. That man's voice can mm -hmm. soothe me to sleep. Really? It is so <laughs> wretched <laughs> and sharp and aggressive. It, it just, I love it. Um, I, uh, I think I do the five course dinner. You would let Danny DeVito be groping you in all sorts of ways. I mean, I wouldn't be okay with that. You know, but I feel like he's fairly easy to overcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could handle it. And then I get to have a five course dinner cooked by Gordon Ramsay. Um, the margaritas on the beach thing. It doesn't sound unpleasant. I wouldn't give a shit about having to put suntan lotion on Sean Connery. But if you do it wrong, Sean's going to slap you. No, 
That's only if I get mouthy. <laughs> I forgot that's what he said. Yeah. When a woman gets mouthy. Well, he didn't say that exactly, but that, that's the idea. You Sometimes know? you have to schlop a bit. Some, <laughs> I don't know that that's an exact quote. But I mean, my understanding of that was he was just like, I don't know. Sometimes a dude needs to be slapped around. Sometimes a woman needs to as well. Like it just some people need to be slapped around a little bit. So you bit. think it was a metaphor? I don't think it was a metaphor at all. <laughs> no, I think it was, I think it was very um, literal. Dude, that's one of my favorite interviews ever. <laughs> like he doubles down and just goes into it. I loved it. Like he's just real. That's the way it is. Okay. I wouldn't have a problem at all putting suntan lotion on Sean Connery. Um, but I, I'm not into the beach, you know, I love being at the beach mm-hmm. and you know, laying on the sand and in a cabana, maybe if I'm, if I'm feeling bougie. Sure. 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 And drinking Margs. Uh huh. Um, I just feel like Sean Connery would slap the shit out of me. And as much as I love, you, because you'd get mouthy, I'd get mouthy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love Sean Connery's voice and accent, Gilbert's got him beat, you know? Sure. Sure. I, I mean, Gilbert, if, if like I said, I think he's dead, but if he were alive, he should do like a calm video, you know? Gilbert Godfrey. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's capable of doing a comedy. That video. would be awesome. Okay. I mean, that's my choice. Yeah. Five course dinner cooked by Gordon Ramsay. I assume he's right there. He's watching the whole like, thing. Like at the table cooking it right in front of us. So, I mean, he's going to back me up when I eventually go to blows with Danny DeVito. He's probably going to help out Danny DeVito. No, I don't think so. He'll be like, oh, your fingers don't go there, you donut. Pinch the nipples. Something like that. Well, see, that's different. If Gordon Ramsay's handsy. He's not handsy. He's guiding Danny DeVito's body with his words. What I'm saying is that I think he would go into chef mode. He wants you to enjoy the meal. And if Danny DeVito is distracting me from his five course meal, then that's a problem. You're you're going to give Gordon Ramsay a, a five course meal as well? I mean, if he's cooking <laughs> and he's defending my honor from Danny DeVito, I feel like it's just rude if I don't. Yeah. What'd you cook? Oh, it's going to all be the same thing. Roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him my stuffed bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much better than Arby's. I feel, like I, I feel like I mixed up a lot of accents in that. <laughs> I was really confident when I said it, mm-hmm. but on, on, the, on, the, on the afterthought, far less confident. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there we go. That's, that's it. That is the episode. That's See, it. I didn't think my stories were that bad. It wasn't that bad. I was expecting so much worse because I had read about them and I knew a lot of things. Didn't know went back as far as 2007. Right. Didn't know about Rochelle. Badass. Had no idea. Now, listen, it probably went a lot further back than 2007. Oh, yeah. 2007 is just when people just didn't notice until shit got rolling. The yeah. ball got rolling. Yeah. yeah. Or at least they didn't notice and also say something about it. Yeah. For sure. Well, anyway, if you liked what you heard, please like, rate, subscribe and share this podcast. Uh, you can share this podcast with anyone who drinks coffee. You can share it with anyone who goes to Subway. Maybe, right? you know, not even just Subway, like that place. Anyone who just loves sub sandwiches. Oh, sub sandwich. Yeah. Every time you go to you go to lunch with a coworker and they order a, a fucking sandwich. Schlotzkies. I had that tonight. You tell them about our podcast. Yeah. For sure. Sure. Yeah. Um. Anyone who goes to farmer's markets. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you tell them about it. You know what? I want you to open a booth at a farmer's market. Don't even sell anything. Yeah. Just tell everybody about Three Shots In. Better yet, have like baskets 
like on the table in front of the booth. Yeah. But have like little cloths over the tops of the baskets. So when people are like, what are you selling? And they move the cloth. It just says three shuts in. Boom. Maybe there's like a confetti bomb like that shoots out at you. Mm-hmm. There was that, uh, um, there's that company that makes those little paper butterfly things where you open the card and they flutter out. Yeah, they jump out and start flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three, sh- three shots in, three shots in. Three shots in. Shot, 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 shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So you can totally do all of that. Uh-huh. And in your free time, visit threeshotsin.com. Yes. On that, we have our internet tip jar. That's our PayPal single time donation link. Uh, and you can give us whatever you want a dollar, a hundred, a thousand, one million if you are feeling crazy. Yep. We've received oh so many. Who wants to be the first person to give us a million dollars? The first person who gives us a million dollars will win a $50 gift card to Subway. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I know. That is pretty. I think, though, it might be a little more reasonable and more fair to everyone else who makes donations. If um, they don't actually get the $50 gift card, they get entered into a raffle raffle to see if they win. It's a sweepstakes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The more money you give, the more raffle entries you get. And a, a million, I think, easily you get like 10. At least. At least that. At least. Yeah. I just think, you know, I'm just trying to be fair, you know? Uh, no, that's fair. So that someone else who gave us $10 might win a $50 gift card to Subway. Maybe. That's cool. But the percentage is way smaller, you know? Yeah. Just you, based on how much you no, give. If, if you want to win that gift card, you got to give a lot. Okay? Right. So now, hop on, get to it. You just jump on. Um, but I hear you, you know, there's no guarantee I'm going to win the $50 gift card to Subway. You know what does provide a guarantee though? Our Patreon. Our Patreon page. If you subscribe to us on Patreon, which you can also find on our website, threeshotsin.com, you're guaranteed exclusive, awesome rewards. Yes. Candid moments between Jake and I, when we are way too drunk to be having moments on, on recording at all, really. Yeah. Um, Extra content, extra research done by us, um, as well as one super secret, very exclusive, incredible podcast called Three Shut Cinema, where Jake and I, we watch terrible movies that you would never enjoy so that you finally have a way to enjoy them. Yeah, now you can enjoy those movies. Right, because we're going to watch them for you on your behalf. And we're going to use our unique hilarious lens yes, and, to project it into your mind. And therefore you will find a way to actually be entertained by this movie. You have a way to make this movie not so bad. You're welcome. You are welcome, listener. And you're missing out if you're not listening to it. So I, I highly recommend you jump onto our Patreon. Yeah, I heard that it received like 17 thumbs up. That's a lot of thumbs. I mean, I don't have that many thumbs. We don't even have that many patrons. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so many thumbs. It's a lot of thumbs. Stay tuned for next week's episode where the topic will be temple. Temple. Oh, like the the side of your forehead? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or like the temple of Anubis. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Like ancient temples? Ancient temples. Or like maybe like, I don't Shirley know. Shirley temples? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to find a Shirley temple story. <laughs> that is my life goal. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> <laughs> Well, stay tuned. See if I manage to pull it off. <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? I don't have a lot of faith in it. I, I, I definitely don't. <laughs> well, all right. We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye. 
I'm imagining that it doesn't take much to get a dog drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a couple beers would get him drunk pretty well. So that's what we'll do. 